Welcome to the show. We hope you have a blast. Thanks for making time for the Dealer Talk Podcast. Another business leader, here's a penny for your thoughts. This ain't a regular conversation, baby. This that Dealer Talk. Yeah, this that Dealer Talk. All right, we're live. Awesome, man. How are you, dude? We're doing great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to see your face again. Very cool. Yeah, even if it's this uh, this virtual format, but yeah. likewise. <laughs> I think it's been a couple of years. Yeah, we dude, we, it, yeah. we talked about doing this before and it's never connected, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, um, so kick us off, man. Like we, we, we start things out here with kind of like a, like an intro. So tell us about you. Intro. All right. Um, my name is Darren Farnsworth and, um, I guess the, the three things that I've kind of come down to, to describe myself, uh, basically is marketing music and motorcycles. I'm passionate about all three of those. Um, obviously we, we know each other from the marketing side, but, uh, sure. we share similar interests. Yeah. Uh, and adventures and such but um and uh the music part is um i i i've been playing in bands for most of my life and have toured around the states and europe and um and and marketing a band is a lot like marketing a business you know and so it's, it's kind of cool how they go hand in hand and it uh, kind of keeps me passionate about both you know that's awesome i never really put that together but that makes a lot of sense man i totally agree with that yeah, I mean, it's 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 probably the the hardest business to push as a band, you know. Sure. Now, um, what what started first? Well, obviously the music, right? But on um, the marketing, did were yeah. you marketing for businesses, or you just you were doing the marketing for the band, and then that transitioned? Um, I guess in a small sense, maybe I was trying to do marketing for a band when I was a teenager, but. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. It was more guerrilla <laughs> marketing, I guess. Um, but uh, the marketing, I, I didn't really make the connection of the two um, and and started marketing uh, in the late 90s and um, and then eventually saw the, 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 the connection. And, uh, and, and it really kind of inspired me to get more into marketing because I've always been so passionate about music, you know. And you, you play the drums, right? Play the drums, yeah. All right, cool. So, Toca la batería, right? La, la batería, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, oh, there you go, man. Got the little Spanish there. Um, yeah, a little bit. Do, so, so, um, all right, what are you guys doing right now? Like, do you tour? Do you do that whole that whole deal? Or, you know, uh, COVID, COVID has uh, caused some casualties in the in the music business. You know, um, a lot of bands that were planning on touring and uh, you know, coordin- coordinating a release with the tour. And not being able to pull it off, it really uh, changed people's perspective on, or priorities maybe. Sadly, you know, um, people who are giving music their all and, and barely surviving. Um, now uh, having to deal with COVID, you know, forced them to get a job, you know, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, you know, this, you know, uh, I'm still at it. People are still at it. Thank God, because I, I believe that people, you know. People like myself need to see and hear new music. Um, you know, it's 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 a part of most people's day. Not everybody's. I guess podcast is the new norm, but <laughs> right? I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, it's interesting as you were saying that a thought came to my mind. It's like um, that's true. Like the 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 that industry in itself is is also been in flux for the past couple of years, especially with all the yeah. technology that's available now. Like, it's I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about it, but just logic tells me that it's a lot easier right now to get your material out there than it was. You know, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago. Is that is that fair? Yeah, that's totally fair and absolutely true. Um, I mean, there's a lot of benefits I think to to music uh, these days. Uh, compared to previous days. Um, but, you know, there is so much content out there. I'm not sure. You kind of locked up on me. Uh, are you still going, Herb? Yeah, no, I'm here. Okay, all right. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, you can get your music out there and there's there's so many brand new albums being put out all the time. Right. And so it's, it's like, how, how do you, the way I like to put it is, um, you know, if you made a good cookie at home, like how do you become a big business, right? Really doesn't have too much to do about the cookies sometimes, um, and and because because there are so many cookies, right? And and how many cookies um, 
have you had that should be bigger than than what you get at the store right so it's um it's tricky trying to get the word out you know because everyone's trying to do it and there's several ways of doing it you know um playing shows or trying to get playlisted on spotify or apple music stuff like that helps but really comes down to a team and a network and people have the experience to put it together right yeah i i went through a kind of a, a I don't know if it's a similar process, but from what you're saying, like I try, I was trying to get the podcast on on Amazon, right? It was the only platform that we weren't on, and we had to go through this process of like sending samples and all this stuff. And they just finally sent an email. I think it was last week or two weeks ago, and they were like, "Okay, yay, congratulations! Okay. Like you're gonna be on, you're gonna be on 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 Amazon." I was like, "Awesome!" So, um, but yeah, it was a. It was it was a little bit of a process to to get that going. Um, is it like that for for people that are putting content music wise? Like if they want to be on like Spotify or or Apple, do you have to like submit and do all these things before you can do it? Or yeah, um, there's distributors that you go through, and uh, basically you submit your music to them, and then they'll kind of shotgun it out to multiple multiple sources, uh, plenty that you've never heard of before that I've never heard of before. Um, and uh and then from there depending on how you uh register the music you know you get royalties or you can get uh you know a fraction of a penny every time someone plays your song um but it, it comes if usually if you don't have a good connection when, when that's put out your music is just you know it's just it's a it's a business in the middle of nowhere right <laughs> no one knows who you are and how to get to it because uh it's just hidden in the in the in the depths of Spotify or Apple Music, so to to um, you know to really rise up above, you, you do have to have some kind of uh, some kind of in um, to to get playlisted, and then those plays usually will get you more people at shows and that kind of thing. And that's just that's just one of many things, of course, that you got to do, but. Right, but do you think okay? So I, I know we're, we're people are like, man, this is a car business um, <laughs> podcast. But I'm just I'm super curious, super interested about this. But do you think that it's oh, that it's almost better now because you don't? I mean, okay, let me just break this down. the The way that I that I'm interpreting it is, if if I connect with somebody on this on this piece of content, because ultimately that's what a, you know that's what a song is, or this piece of art, yeah. um, and they really they consume it, that's almost more valuable to me because you know you there you you don't have the marketing push or not the marketing push, but you don't have the record company push to get you out there and get you know what I mean. Like mm -hmm. it's just it's purely about that piece of art that I as a human being listen to and I connected with it. And I, I voted basically by purchasing it that this is something that, you know, that's valuable to me. So, yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I think that the purchasing part is great because you're, you're giving money directly to the artist. However, most times people are paying a monthly subscription to get unlimited access to music. And therefore, um, that artist doesn't really get much unless you're playing it all the time. Right. Um, Got it. Okay. So, uh, you know, and I've heard I've heard two different two different uh, ways to look at it. One is that people are spending ten dollars a month on music uh, later in their years than they would have traditionally. Right? Music business before was was young teenagers buying records, and then as they got older, then you know they're reading newspapers or now listening to podcasts instead. Um, but most people are still spending that ten dollars to have access to the music. So, so the money's they say that more money comes into the music business because of that, but you really have to climb an enormous mountain to uh, to move your band to a place where you can start to receive some of that that income. Sure, but you know, is that the goal? Um, you know, I, I think the, the more listeners you have, uh, the more shows you can play, the more you can focus on writing. Uh, more music to, to create bigger, uh, bigger shows, cooler sounds, um, you know? Yeah. So I, I think most, most musicians do have the fantasy of that. A lot of, I know a lot of musicians that work hard to get that, but to actually get your hands on it is another story, you know? True. Yeah. 
Awesome, man. Well, that's pretty cool, dude. I really like that. The, that's uh, that's pretty dope. Yeah, thanks, thanks for sidetracking. <laughs> yeah, no, no, man. Just um, kind of interested because there are some overlaps there. I like the, I, I like I said, I didn't put it together, but it, it is. It's one of those industries that has, with technology, kind of like our industry has been a little bit. Um, I, I don't know, disrupted. I don't know, maybe, but um, there's definitely been some 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 pluses uh to technology that allows more people to get their stuff out there you know without having yeah, to have the deal and, and all that stuff so i'm a big yeah. fan of 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 sharing your creation right like if you if you have a, a creative outlet or you have something that you want to create it's nice to be able to get that out there and have other yeah, people absolutely. consume it you know what i mean yeah so, whether it's you know working on wood or uh cooking or yeah Right, you know, and obviously, yeah, and I, obviously the 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 technology that we have today at our fingertips allows us to to connect our passions and stuff with other people, like minded individuals that are also into those yeah, things. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's kind of cool. All right, man. So let's talk about the automotive industry before we start to lose every single listener on this yeah. on this session, <laughs> except, except for a couple of musicians who who also. Right. So, on the, uh, auto well, th that that's true, man. There is a lot of there is a lot of uh, of, of musicians. You know, I've, I've run into several yeah. of them. So yeah, there are. You know, so um, so what's going on with you on 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 the auto side of things, man? What's been your biggest push? What 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 do you, you work know, um, to, to be? I, I still do some auto, but to be completely honest, I've been working with some different verticals. Um, uh, but uh, my main focus for the past handful of years has been, um, you know, streamlining your, your marketing efforts. Right. Um, and I, I think, and probably going back to like you putting out your podcast and letting people know about it or me trying to let people know about a show or an album, um, in the automotive business or in any business, you have sales, you have new inventory that comes in. Um, you have all these things that could possibly happen and you need to get the word out. Right. So how, how do you get the word out? And so that's that's part of what I specialize in is marketing automation and allowing um, allowing people to, um, you know, maximize their time to get the information out to all the social media platforms. Because I think, you know, a lot of times people will focus on one for a little bit, but but they um, they really don't have the chance to um, to put the quality time into it that it deserves. Um, what do you tell me a little sense. bit more about that like like what do you mean all right so um you know your website can't be static right you got to be you got to be putting something new on your website and in the automotive business i know i know times are kind of different with covid these days sure. uh, with inventory and such um but tr in a traditional sense an automotive dealership has sales right and they have a radio ad or they have an they have a banner that they have on um you know through google ads or facebook or whatever so they're, they're trying to like raise interest right it's like the digital uh blow up gorilla right you got to do something new online to grab people's attention so it could be that you got a new vehicle in stock it could be that it is a sale but something happens on a daily weekly monthly basis in the automotive business on the sales side um so the question is, how do dealerships get that information out? How does it look the same across all platforms? Um, does it link back to a particular pot, uh, spot of the website? That kind of thing. So um, when when the website, I make it so that all that stuff automatically goes out and the streamlined and hits Google My Business, it hits Twitter, it hits Instagram, it hits Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever, goes out. And it links right back to that particular part of the, the website, and you know I can I can automate that to happen uh, several times, or on a weekly basis, or a monthly basis, or just when something new hits, whether it's a, a sale or or um, a new type of vehicle hits the inventory. So, um, are you saying like turning your website almost into some sort of um... I don't kind of, kind of like control center, right? Like you, you put everything mm. into your website and then, and then based on the rules that you think make the most sense at the time, and obviously they can be adjusted, you have the website fire off certain actions, right? Oh, um, yeah. So 
I, I'm in, I'm, I love that. Now I understand exactly what you're talking about. Like, okay. um, not just uh, not just on the social media side, but even on the ad side. Yeah. Like, ad don't, side. You think, don't you think that a website needs to have a backend in 2022? A website, in my opinion, should have a backend where you can go and connect it directly to Facebook and connect it directly to Google and run an ad on that specific piece of inventory on that specific VIN, pretty much with the push of a button. You know what yeah. I mean? Or you can have, yeah, totally. Or you can just have rules set where it's, um, you know, if a vehicle is X amount of days new or X amount of days old or, uh, you know, whatever rules make sense to you, um, then you can have a certain ad go out based upon that criteria, right? right. Like if the vehicle hits 30 days on the lot, then does it need more marketing or does it need a price adjustment? Uh, but how do you do that otherwise, right? Yeah, so there there should be like two components to it, I think. Like on one end, you have to have some sort of listing dashboard, if you will, where you can, mm -hmm. how to explain this, where you can uh, control your inventory, right? Make sure that that car is actually available for sale. Make sure that it's merchandised properly. Make sure that um, you have X amount of photos that, that are actual photos and not stock images. Yeah. Make sure that all the exactly. all the information, you know, it's not missing like color or trim or none of that stuff. And unfortunately, and, and, all that exists, right? But well, yeah, but I mean, I think it should be connected to your website to your point, and you should be able to log in, and you should you you should have this listing this listing issue dashboard, and then you should have your ad dashboard, and you should be able to connect the two. And then once you you've run all your inventory through this through this listing um, dashboard, right? And make sure that it, it filters out only the cars that are ready for sale that you can actually, that actually not just for sale, but that are ready to put monies on, then you can push that. How many times have you done a search? Dude, this happens to me all the time. How many times do you do a search and you pop up a car that doesn't have photos, it has stock images? You know what I mean? Or has those yeah. crappy images that are the cars outside, five photos yeah. or whatever, because they were on some sort of dynamic feed. Like on Facebook, is that's a big one right now. On yeah. Facebook, I see that, especially with new cars right now. Like I see a bunch of uh, new car feeds on Facebook and they're all stock images. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Yeah, totally. It's just weird. So um, you've got to make sure, first of all, that the inventory is tight, that your merchandising is, is up to par. And then from there, it connects it to the ad program. And you can add the, you could just go to that specific car, that specific VIN, and boom, add on Facebook, add on, on, on Google. Yeah, like, totally. What, that, it's weird that that's not kind of the direction that we're going in. But, I mean, do you agree? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I totally agree um absolutely yeah that, that's been my that's been my big push and uh and it's been kind of what, what our company has been been trying to build and and uh and push for multiple businesses just not just automotive because everyone kind of suffers with the same the same dilemma right mm. uh, whether it's inventory based or sale based um you know what's the best way to keep getting it out and getting it out to, to all the channels but all from one from one source because if you if you build an ad on Google, you make a banner that fits their requirements. Do you put that on your website? You know, most people don't. Um, so it's when you put it on your website and you have your website send that information out, then everywhere you look, you're seeing the same message. You're going back to the same spot. Everything's nice and clear. Yeah, I, I, I just talked about this um, um, with a client who has multiple websites for to uh, meet their OEM requirements or whatever. And I'm like, you don't want to do that, man. You got to find a different way to connect. You want one place where your customers go because we're yeah. in an industry. For, and I'm like, listen, let's say that there is no SEO impact or there is no, you know, like it doesn't, you, you know, which by the way, I don't, I, I, there's obviously going to be some impact there if you have multiple sites. So, yeah. but let's just say that, that there isn't just on a narrative, uh, uh end of the spectrum you should be worried because customers don't trust you you know what i mean that's just mm -hmm. the way that you know you got you can't forget that they're already yeah. your customers are already going to be on the defensive and then you're going to risk sending them to this site for this marketing effort and then tomorrow because their search is 90 day cycle tomorrow they're going to click here or there based on whatever strategies you have and they're going to end up on a totally different website and they're going to have a totally mm -hmm. different experience like that's mm -hmm. not that's not what you want, man. You've got to win on that digital experience first before they ever go to your store. Yeah, absolutely. And then they you have know? multiple salespeople trying to get a hold of them. 
to sell to make a win for the company, right? Instead of, uh, and the company's multiple dealerships. So group group sales uh, or group auto setups, I've always been intrigued about how people um, approach those, you know, uh, like, internally. Like marketing, on the marketing standpoint or just customers? Uh, the whole package, yeah. Marketing too, uh, especially when you don't have all, all the inventory on all the websites, right? Some websites, some group websites only have that particular rooftops used inventory instead of, sharing it all the way across the board let's talk about that because i'm i'm a proponent of not doing that like i i yep. don't think that that is that that is um a good strategy and i'll, I'll tell you why but what, what are your so thoughts you're saying you're saying that you believe that having the used inventory under this the specified rooftop and that's it not I sharing the group not you should have a group site that has all the cars and then you should okay. have individual store websites Okay. I'm not a proponent of sharing, and, and the reason why I I don't I, I I don't like that is because the customer the, because of the experience, right? The customer shows up thinking that that car is there, and if you don't have a centralized BDC or you don't have a centralized process, yes, then that, you do then, have to have that. Then sure, you're yeah. you're going to run into some issues. Plus, I've seen situations where, and I don't know if this is because they were sharing inventory or not, but I've seen situations where you have the same ad run on the same car twice. So you're paying for, to advertise from two different stores just because that inventory happened to be on their feed. And so you, you're now you're and you're cannibalizing and competing against each other. Yeah. I think a better strategy for for a group site would be new cars on the individual sites when we're call, when we're talking about spending money, right? Yeah. Um, new cars on the individual sites, used cars collectively as a group, because everybody can benefit from the used car side of things, right? We can yeah. go and trade cars or whatever, but new car, the, that specific brand has a specific experience and a specific strategy and a specific customer base. So you can't tailor that for, from a group branding perspective, but you, you so you got to keep that local with that store, but used cars should be a unified strategy. I, that's just that's how I I feel like that's the cleanest approach. Yeah, I, I can see the logic in that. Um, I, I guess my point of view would be that if you if you set everything from the ground up to be, uh, you know, like a unified BDC that that manages all the leads. Because the fact of the matter is, if you if you have multiple dealerships in the same area, and um, you know you're looking for an F one fifty, of course you'd assume to find it at the Ford store, but there could be an F-150 somewhere else, right? At a different inventory. And now more than ever. And right? so, well, yeah, exactly. And so what will happen is you're taking up, if you don't have this set up, you're taking up two or three different salespeople's time and they're trying to close a deal on one customer that's inevitably going to buy if the experience and price is good under that same umbrella, you know, mm -hmm. um, for that group. But when you, but it, so if you had it all unified, where if they're submitting a lead from this store, from this store, and and they have one contact, one salesperson, on the you side, of course. I think that's a better customer experience. I know new is a different challenge, but on the you side, I think the customer experience is best. Having one contact to, to look at inventory from multiple places, and not have to dodge calls from three different rooftops. You know. Yes. Um... But okay, but that's why if you had a group site, the the customer wouldn't have to feel any difference in in experience because they're on the group site. Everything looks the same, feels the same. Um, now it's just a matter of where that car is. The problem is, where the challenge becomes, taking it back to websites, is how do we funnel that and make it easy for the customer to send that information through that portal to the right person? Because to your point, you want to make sure that they're not getting bombarded, right? Um, mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that that customer feels, um, they're enjoying the, 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 just the, 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 the browsing and the purchasing or the, not purchasing, but the, their digital experience, they're enjoying the process of looking at inventory. It's easy. It's seamless for them. Yeah. But yeah, um, it, it, it does become a challenge when you have multiple BDC departments and everything's like fractured within the group, because then. Now it's all, all, you know, everything's up for grabs, right? And so yeah, that, I think that customer is going to get annoyed quickly. So, but then here's the other thing when it comes to that came to mind when when, when we were talking about that part, like how difficult it's 
it's got to be pretty difficult to have a centralized BDC or put that in place. And just because think about the, 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 again, let's say that you have, I don't know, 20 brands, you know, you have your luxury, you have your, you know, all the way down to just your average car, right? How do you, how do you, what's your take on that? How do you make sure that we can switch on and off? Would you just have, okay, these three people are luxury. These three people are this, these people, and then it's just all managed by one, or do you just train everybody to kind of cross, you know? Well, I mean, you, you can, depending on how the lead comes in, uh, I mean, let's say you have one group site and the lead comes in on the Lexus side of inventory. Well, your CRM would know that that was coming from Lexus, even though it was a unified CRM. It could be templated differently, um, the way that the emails look, the, the, the content of the, of the messages. I mean, everything could be tailored to that brand. And, and so, so uh, for that matter, the website, right? If you're looking at a Lexus on a group website, the whole background, the whole environment, and everything could change to match the, the Lexus brand, even though you're still under the group.com. Uh, autogroup.com website you know you, you mm. can make that all change based on the location now more than ever businesses need more efficient sales that's why thousands of dealerships trust four eyes to help with things like automated inventory email updates and ensuring all of your leads get into the crm to try four eyes for free visit four eyes.io slash dealer talk that's four eyes.io slash dealer talk But I think, um, I mean, that'd be a big undertaking, but I think the experience would be, would be cool. Yeah. The, the other challenge that we're, that we're running into right now that you kind of mentioned um, is the, the alternatives, right? Like I think, and I've, I've, I've actually partnered up with, uh, with four eyes, shout out to four eyes um, for the season, because I really felt in the beginning of this, that we were going to, we had to become better at alternative base uh, alternative base sales mm -hmm. right customers are not going to get the inventory that they want which means they're going to have to settle for something right the ones that want to transact right yeah. now and so in order to do that you have to be you got to become better as a salesperson as a bdc department um, just as a dealership and identifying what is it about that particular car that that person wanted or wants and try to find an alternative that kind of fulfills that that want or that need, um, and and you know present it to that customer that way. Because otherwise, you know, I, I I just I feel like there's going to be repercussions beyond just customers being buried in in their deals or the you know what I mean, just because of how you know the the, the pricing situation that we have going on right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like customers are once the once demand or the supply kind of catches up to the demand, I feel that a lot of customers are going to have that buyer's remorse almost. Like, oh man, that's not really the car that I wanted, but I I transacted at that point. Now I want to go get the car that I want. And so if we can if we can get better at identifying what it is about those about that particular piece of inventory that they wanted and offer them an alternative, I think they were going to have happier customers, you know, I don't know. What, what do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, I think it's coming down to asking good questions, right? You know, um, you know, you're asking for this particular thing. If it does this thing slightly different, like, so is that acceptable? You know, and you just kind of keep going down the list to try to open up the inventory. Right. Right. Um, but, but again, the inventory, there's not much to open. So that, that is a dilemma. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of people, at least I hope to think that a lot of people are understand that that uh, inventory is tough and pricing is going to be higher than expected. And um, my biggest concern is is more for more for dealerships and how um, uh, the the salesmanship, the art of salesmanship, is is maybe dwindling. Because uh, from my point of view, it seems like it's more uh, order takers. I, I know that there are professionals uh, who who are fantastic at sales. Um, uh, but uh, it seems like, you know, like nowadays, because because there isn't much inventory. If you got something that a customer wants, it's kind of like okay, I'll I'll, I'll take it. You know, the the salesperson doesn't really have to say much. Yeah, um, you mean on the have, new you, car have you experienced that? Yeah, yeah, no, on the new car side, I agree, man. Like there's like 
you shouldn't even be spending you should spend zero marketing dollars on new cars right now the, the car if yeah, you have absolutely. that car that car is going to sell yeah. no question about it um no i do agree i and i i think that that i mean i'm not trying to 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 like you know i don't know maybe this is an unpopular comment i'm not trying to like ruffle feathers but i think yeah, like nor was i like i think like the bdc departments are are kind of i don't want to say culprit because they kind of you know the they've had their evolution in the business but i mean think about it as a salesperson what do you have to do man your follow-ups are done your your you know the leads are going straight to that department they're setting up your appointments i mean you know like i just i just feel like a lot of the salesmanship like i remember dude when i first started i remember the you know, sales sales call line one, and people would just run oh, to yeah. you know what yeah, I mean. Absolutely, yeah. Totally. You know, what I'm saying? like it was just, and I remember cool. people. I remember like the 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 top dogs like going and like leaving the dealership with a stack of cards, or they always had their business cards with them everywhere. We went to lunch. I was in the service side, but whenever I went to lunch with a, with with a salesperson, they would always give their car to the to their their you know, they're waiters and waitresses and all that stuff. Like I remember those days, you know, like, yep. um, and I, now I go to a dealership and everybody's sitting in the golf cart and just waiting for somebody like, I, it's just not, that wouldn't be me. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know why that happens. I'm not, I'm not selling cars. So I, I just, to me, that's not, that's not the approach. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have time to be sitting in front of a golf cart because I'm not going to sit around and wait for some, for up to come up. You know what I mean? Like it's just not yeah. that, that just not doesn't fit in my in my in my way of thinking. Um, so that whole yeah, like I feel like I agree. Like there's definitely been an impact there, and and now the cool thing this is man, this is why I mean I know COVID's been such a bad thing, you know, but it's also brought a lot of positive to our industry, and I can't not mention those things when when I when I have guests on and we're talking, like that's another thing that COVID has exposed right because if your store was doing really well because you were you know because your new car you you had a specific and i'm not going to name any brands but if you have a, a specific brand um and now all of a sudden you don't have that and you're struggling to to hit your numbers and to it's for a reason man like it's not you know like if you haven't caught up to that and you haven't like realized it like you know just just because you don't want to see it but i mean i don't know what do you think yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, and there's there's definitely a, a delicate chemistry for for any business, uh, but you know, automotive for sure. And that's um, inventory, the way you treat your customers, reviews, staying up on reviews, um, you know, setting expectations properly. There's there's so many things that that uh, you know the service side of things, right? And um, you know, sales and service don't always connect. Mm -hmm. um, so when all those things are aligned, then then it's easy to to go back to that dealership, and it's and people know, and you build that reputation. But but sadly, you can have one employee that can just destroy, you know, your your months, your years of effort in doing so. But, sure. You know, trying to recognize that, and you know, if 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 it's fair to win them back, do do your best to do so. But yeah, I know I know inventory is tied to a lot of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're and like I said, man, like right now you're going to be exposed, dude. Like if you're not if you're not on your sales game, you know, it's going to show. So yep. um, it, it, it'd be interesting to see. I, I was doing uh, um, some training recently and they were talking about inventory levels. Not really getting back to where where they were, and I know that's a big topic of conversation right now in the industry. But I think the 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 report that they said, or the the stat that they threw out there, was sixty percent. So we're going to be at about sixty percent of where we used to be in the past. So um, I, that's not. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how things how things go. Obviously, the manufacturers are going to dictate a lot of that. But let's say that that's the case. Then what do we do? Do we? Does that just mean that we're going to sell less cars as an industry and hold more gross? Does that mean that we're going to operate the, that our operations are going to shrink? Um, you know, let's just let's just pretend for a moment that that's the new the new reality. 
what do we do? What's the what's the new what's the new adjustment that we're going to have to make internally at our dealers? And it's going to be different for everyone, right? It just depends on where you are. It depends on your brand. It depends on on a lot of different things. But yeah, totally. you know what I mean? Like, um, I, I think uh, you know, to the best of your ability and brands and such, uh, just try to offer the white glove, you know, customer service because they know that they're getting charged a lot more for the vehicle. Um, you know, you just kind of want to want to give them a hug at the end of it. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, that differentiation is going to become, or that need to differentiate yourself yourself from your from your local competitors is going to become more. It's just it's it's going to it's going to be fundamental, right? Yeah. So and then use cars and having the the, the that's that's another thing that's I think it's going to be impacted. On, I think it's going to be a positive impact, but that whole game is going to have to change a little bit. Um, and again, we're going to have to become better at, at, at having alternatives for customers that are not um, within that particular brand, right? Yeah. And really yeah. understand the customer. Um, like I saw a post the other day. I think it was I think it was Jason Harris that talked about. Uh, it was something to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's, it was something to the effect of like a two-minute phone call isn't a BDC. That's a call center. A BDC is a five-minute long-term conversation that's filled with questions, with you know qualifying questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that, man. I think that we that a lot of times we call these departments BDCs, but they're really they're really more call center focused. It's just about okay, you know, I got your information, set the appointment, and go. But we're not really qualifying that customer. Um, you know, prior to that visit, which I don't know. I mean, what are, what are I your think when you? I think when you ask qualifying questions, um, you know, it shows you care, and you're really trying to match up as many possibilities to that customer, and and you know, and especially uh, to the point of now, uh, how inventory is so so limited. Um, you know, that, that 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 is kind of the white glove service, right? Is is trying to gather up inventory to let them know what's available, uh, and then um, you know explain to them, re-explain the situation, and let them know that as far as they understand, it is going to be months before things get back to normal. Mm. And, you know, if you need a vehicle, then this is um, you know these are the options that that fit your needs based on all the questions that I've asked. Right. Yeah, they say is it Tony Robbins that says you know knowledge isn't power; it's the it's the potential of power. And I agree with them, man. And, yeah. you know, the more information we can get from our customers, the better that experience, we're going to be able to make that experience for them. It just, you know, and and then it's not just, and I'm writing a, a blog post that I'm, I'm going to post that will go out on Monday, but um, it's not just about, about getting that information from one person, it's making that information available to everybody in the dealership, right? So that if somebody... Yeah touches that customer and you're not there or whatever the case may be that we know at all points what you know what that customer wants what their um what their uh, pluses and minuses were as far as you know let's just say for us for for sake of this conversation that they were looking at a car like if i if i touch that customer and, and the person that took all that information isn't there i should be able to get access to all that information and already have identified in there what this customer wants what are the pros what are the cons um, and I should be able to handle that uh, seamlessly. Th those are the things that, that make all the difference in the world. You almost need uh, like a court stenographer to like be typing up. Yeah. Right. Know, pulling the salespeople around, <laughs> typing it up in the CRM. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you know, like how do you get from the, what's that? What, what is it? There's a, it's escaping my mind, but how do you go from 80% to 100%? It's easy to get to that 80. It's easier yeah. to get to that 80%. But to close that gap, man, between 80 and 20, it's really, really difficult because yeah. the majority of details. Yeah. The, the majority of the things that you would think of, they're already taken care of. So it's a lot of the details at that point. It's a lot of the, 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 the smaller things like collecting accurate information and making that available for everybody in the dealership to have access to. Um, it's like picking up. It's like picking up broken glass, right? You pick up all the big pieces, but those little ones can still get that. you. Yeah, I love that. That's that's exactly it. So, all right, man. So, kind of moving the conversation along. What do you think? 
what what do you think is 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 ahead for us in 2022 any predictions Whew, that's a tough one um i i think that um that's a tough one <laughs> i can go into all sorts of places with that answer um i i think what, what is cool is that people are demanding more online you know people expect to take take things all the way online get all the information they need um and you know, be able to check out in any sort of way i mean everyone everyone kind of wants the amazon experience like two click done um kind of experience you know but with with the backup of being able to pick up a telephone and and not getting a, a call attendant you know i think if, if you have that ability in any kind of uh vertical if you have that ability to take the customer from uh interest to, to sell uh to check out to delivery um and have that just be you know two clicks uh and and have that phone call i think that's that would be winning and i think that's kind of what people expect you know like they don't want to hear due to covid this this call time is going to be longer than yeah you know, right, right. <laughs> three hours you know? <laughs> um i i think if, if you can pull that off i think you can win you know as you as you're doing the checkout process on the car you can just press a button through chat or pick up a telephone and immediately get to somebody who knows your deal. You know, I think that that would be hot. And I think uh, COVID has pushed pushed the whole buying, the online buying, um, uh, a lot faster uh, than than anticipated. So I think a lot of dealers are, are trying to figure out how to how to pull that off. But I do think you need to have a person on the other end, you know, on the ready to, to answer a a chat screen or, or, or a call. Yeah, no, I agree. It's funny because I also feel like I was having this conversation yesterday, actually. I also feel like that, you know, when you think about the impact of this of this pandemic and all that, like, dude, this hasn't been a couple of months. Like, we're going t into two years of this deal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, that's, that's habit-forming uh, uh, time frame. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we, I think that we've, without even taking those things into consideration, or without even sitting down and, and kind of analyzing that from a from a business standpoint, like consumers' behaviors, like consumer purchasing behavior has been altered. You know, the Absolutely, way that yeah. people work has been altered. Yeah. Um, you know, just because of the amount of time that that this thing has 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 been around that it's it, it's not like okay a couple of weeks and now we're back to normal like this has been a couple of years and so we have to as a business as an industry we have to start adapting to those changes because you know customers don't, are not going to want to just they're not going to be able to just flip the switch right no. um and the longer that 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 this kind of because i i don't feel like we can say post COVID just yet right so the longer that this that these that these things um, are in place, um, the 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 more of that behavior is going to get ingrained in the customers, and we need to make those necessary adjustments. Yeah, so I, I agree. Yeah, we got to start looking at that aspect of of this of the impact of of, of you know the, the kind of the past two years. What about what about on the marketing side, dude? What are you any any predictions there? Do you think that we are going to see, or do you re is there anything that you recommend that we should be doing that we're not doing enough of? Um, I, I say what I'd recommend is that um, you, know, you know people are seeing how how social media is changing, right? You know, years ago you didn't think anything besides Facebook would exist, and then Facebook is Instagram. Uh, but I, I think um, my my strategy for years and it's kind of like re um uh, it makes more sense now than ever that if you, you need to put more of your content into your website and you use social media uh, more as like a clickbait to get to your website one way or another you know um since like more people put time into the social media and they ignore everything else and let those the websites go stale so um i would just keep that in the back of your mind like are these posts to get people to my website or are these posts to keep people on the social media platform that may or may not directly sell cars? You know, uh, I guess, does it sell cars, right? 
Um, so, well, I mean, I, I, I always put that in air quotes because I, I totally believe that it does. It's just, you can't put your finger on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you're doing good content and you have good social media strategies, it definitely sells you cars. There's no question about yeah. that in my mind. Um, totally. So what do you, you, do you think that we should be spending as an industry more time on social media? Um, you know, I hate to say it, but I, I absolutely hate social media. Um, <laughs> so on a personal level, I'd say no. <laughs> but um, I, I think, you know, it's a necessarily, it's a necessary evil. But sure. I think there's, there's ways that you can, you can still use it enough and spend more time, I think, on, um, you know, making your website as friendly as possible. And, and like, like we talked about earlier, getting people to complete a sale online, Sp spending more time on that would be what I think is more important from my point of view. Um, but we don't have that. So here's, here's what I, what I, okay. So a couple of things I agree. And I, I think that that's the future, but I get irritated when we talk about like, for example, these digital retailing widgets or whatever. I think that that's just, a, that's not what, that's not an online buying experience. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it seems like they're getting closer, um, but, but, um, but it doesn't get the customer to, it doesn't get the customer to that point. Like it doesn't get the customer yeah. to get their car shipped to them and, and the, in the convenience of their home. You know yeah. what I mean? Kind of like one of these, like these, these competitors that we have out there now. So what are we doing here? You know, and it's not like dealers haven't been able to do, we ship cars all the time, all the time. Mm -hmm. We don't promote it. That's the thing. We don't want to deal with it. We, you know what I mean. We, we. It's just kind of like not our because there's there's lower hanging fruit. That's why. Right. You know? so so, I think you, you almost have to have a, a special department. You know, kind of like a special that's, special that's corner of the uh, the BDC that deals with this process and that is on the ready to take the call or the chat because if someone's actually buying a car online uh, and they get they get uh, you know bottleneck somewhere somehow. If someone can intervene in real time, help them over that hump, then then it's lost. You know. Yeah, uh, and that's and exactly that. That's exactly I mean, like, what I was going to say. Is like you you have to have it can't. It, there has to be human involvement in that. Like yeah. you have to have. Okay, you can pick your car and you can tell me about your trade. At that point, like you ask, like it should ask, are you trading? Or do, no trade. If this says trade, immediately stop technology. Get a human being involved in that. Yeah. Figure that yeah. out. Back to technology, and then tell me: Are you yeah. financing or are you paying cash? If they say financing, immediately. Oops. Immediately get another human being involved in that process. Yeah, right, totally. and then if it's and then at the end of that, if it says delivery or pickup at the at the store, delivery, get another human being involved in that process. Yeah. Right. Like it's almost like yeah. we're trying to automate this thing that isn't that you can't, you know, so it's just a weird, it's a weird thing. And then when the vendors come and sell it, it just, it's almost comical. Like they talk about it, like, and they, they like to say Carvana and Vroom, like, you know, this is what you need because of these companies, bro. But this uh, solution doesn't offer me a competitive alternative so what are we talking yeah. about here like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know man i don't get it so i'm I've, i'm so frustrated with that like it's it's just comical to me at this point it almost seems like your best bet is if you're an auto group or a successful uh single dealership you know it, it'd be worth the effort to, to build your own somehow you know yeah absolutely for sure i think that that's more but that's that's the other thing then you build it and then you know the ones that have come out and they want to go and now they want to become a, a software company and it's like you know yeah. like it's not going to work the same for everybody man yeah totally yeah because everyone had everyone does something slightly different but right that's something too is you have to commit on a culture or you have to have a software that's flexible to um ebb and flow with the culture of your dealership because you know, you have certain management or certain people uh, on the team at times that, that will do all the things to make this thing fly. And then someone changes and, you know, if the software can't adjust for that change, then it's useless, right? Sure. So, yeah, no, totally so agree. It is, you know, it is a tough commitment to, um, to keep evolving uh, development to, to match, you know, new ideas or, or new culture.
Yes, sir. No question. Awesome, dude. Listen, we're we're getting close to that time, but thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. This is awesome. Sorry, we're just kind of all over the place. It, it, no, I think it was good. We covered a lot of topics. I always enjoy the ones like this because it flew by. I can't even believe we've been talking for like 50 I know, minutes. I just realized. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, so, um, but uh, I, I want to give you a minute to tell everybody, you know, like kind of connect with you. What do you do? Where where can they reach you? Or why? Yeah, sure. Uh, do, but. So I have a, a marketing automation company called 2020 eConsulting, and it's not named after the year. Uh, it, it started actually. Someone asked me that. Did you name it after uh, after 2020? I'm like, man, I would have not named my company that had I known that 2020 would have been that. But um, uh, it's been around since 2008, and um, you know, we do consulting, development, web design, marketing, automation. Um, and uh, you can find me at 2020ec.com. And if you do uh, a forward slash DF, you get my digital business card. So 2020ec.com forward slash DF for Darren Farnsworth. And you can download my my card. But um, yeah, reach out. If, if, I'd love to talk to people about ideas. And you know, if you want to pick my brain, I'm happy to give you the time. Right on, man. Thank you so much again for doing this. There is one question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. And that question is, where do you see the automotive industry headed in the next five years and why? Um, oh, that's a tough one. You know, like you, you see things like Carvana or Tesla, um, how, you, you know, you're buying from the manufacturer directly. And, and I know that uh, there's a lot of integrations of people buying and supplying the inventory for manufacturers. So I'd be curious to see if they would ever kind of do a hybrid of, of the two of the Tesla and the, the current um, you know the current auto market but um, uh, I don't know hard to say hopefully right. inventory comes back and uh, you know people are driving cars that are better than electric in the future right on there it is Darren thanks all again right. for doing this man I really appreciate it uh, thank you for tuning in that's all the time that we have for today and all as right. usual we'll talk later we only host the well respected the vendor Lexus Nexus we don't sell digital marketing what you do? we inspected what our DT vendor man is now more than ever businesses need more efficient sales that's why thousands of dealerships trust Four Eyes to help with things like automated inventory email updates and ensuring all of your leads get into the CRM. To try Four Eyes for free, visit foureyes.io slash dealer talk. That's foureyes.io slash dealer talk.